0: What's up, everybody? And by everybody, I mean not only everybody that's joining us in person at one of our campuses, but also everybody who is joining us online today. I'm glad you're here wherever here happens to be for you today. And uh, my hope, my prayer, is that our time together today would encourage you. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're struggling with, I hope you'll be encouraged and I hope you will be inspired to take a next step in your spiritual journey. You know, there's an ancient Chinese proverb that says, even the longest journey must begin with a single step. And while I agree with that wholeheartedly, obviously if you want to get anywhere, you've got to start somewhere. But what I also know is that when it comes to our faith journey, it takes more than just a first step. In fact, it takes more than just a few big steps over time. It is a daily walk. And that's what this step-by-step series is all about. Developing daily habits that move me closer to Jesus. Learning to make daily choices to help me become more of who Jesus created me to be and to do more of the things he created me to do. So what we've been doing in this series is we've been looking at key components of our faith journey. Kind of essential elements, things that we all need to take next steps in. Like We talked about the Bible, how important God's word is, and to engage with it, not just on Sunday morning or at weddings and funerals, but on a daily basis, bringing it into our lives. We we also talked about the importance of other believers, how important it is to live in authentic community with other believers to help all of us grow in our faith. Now today, I want to look at what may be, One of the most forgotten aspects of our faith journey, and that is serving. If we really want to grow in our faith, we have to be willing to daily serve others. In fact, probably no other element in your spiritual journey is more essential for growth than serving others. Why do I say that? Because spiritual growth is ultimately about becoming more like Jesus, right? Spiritual maturity in its essence is developing more of the character, the attitudes, and the behaviors of Jesus in my life. In fact, you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving others. Why do I say that? Because that's what Jesus said. Notice these words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 20. Jesus says, in the same way the Son of Man, that's talking about himself, did not come to be served. He came to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came ultimately to serve and to give, therefore, to be like him, we must be willing to serve and to give. It's kind of interesting that Jesus spoke these words in a conversation with his closest disciples. These 12 guys that he had spent three and a half years with, and they're literally traveling to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. They'd made this trip annually several times, but this time they knew was going to be different. Because for weeks, if not months, Jesus had been talking about his kingdom coming. It was finally time that that he was going to bring his kingdom into existence. So when they're walking to Jerusalem, they think they're going to take over. They're going to overthrow the Romans. They're, they're going to be the leaders of the nation of Israel. So they do what we do when power is on the table. They begin fighting for who would get what. Which one of them would get to sit on Jesus' right and, and Jesus left when he came into his kingdom. Because let's face it, it always feels better to be served than to do the serving. And since we all have that same mindset in our lives, if we're going to take a next step of serving, then we really need to understand the true reasons why we need to serve. And that's what I want to look at for a few minutes today, four reasons why I need to serve. So let's jump in. Number one, the first one is I need to serve because it expresses the heart of God. Serving expresses the heart of God. When I serve others, it not only aligns my heart with God's heart, but it shows the people around me what God is really like. Most familiar verse in the Bible, John 3.16, says, For God so loved the world that he gave. I want you to circle the word love and circle the word gave. and if you're using an electronic outline in the notes below that verse I want you to write out the word love equals giving because look you can give without loving but you can't truly love without giving because listen love is not an emotion Love is not a feeling. Love is not a quiver in your liver. Love is not a bunch of pretty words and a bouquet of flowers and a Hallmark card. Love is a verb. Love is put into action. Love in its essence is about putting the needs of another ahead of your own. And that's what serving is all about. A willingness to do that that is what God has done for us that is what we can do for others to show them what God is really like because listen so many people in the world around us have a warped view of what God is really like maybe they got it from their upbringing the kind of church they were raised in Maybe it's something they've heard some preacher say. Maybe it's from their own experiences. They've been through difficult times and felt like God caused it or, you know, he he didn't stop it or he was distant from them when they were hurting. And so they have these warped views of God, of what God is really like. It's pervasive in the culture. In fact, I will oftentimes when, when I meet people, new people, don't know me at some point if they find out that I'm a pastor it almost immediately changes the interaction with them and so sometimes people that I meet when they find out I'm a preacher they'll say look preacher I just want you to know something I don't believe in God I don't know why they think it's important for me to know that about them but they want me to know I don't believe in God but what I almost always find is as the conversation progresses And I ask them this God they don't believe in, what do they think that God is like? And as they start to describe that God, I usually say, yeah, I don't believe in that God either because that is not the God that I know. The true God has a heart of love and giving. In my lifetime, I'm 57. In my lifetime, I have never been through a season When the people in our community and our country have more desperately needed to turn to God. We need God more than ever before. And I think most of us sitting in here would nod our heads and say, Yeah, but let me ask you this. How can people turn to God if they don't know what God is really like? But every time you serve whether it's inside the church or outside the church, every time you serve one another within the home group or you serve together as a home group, even when you just help a stranger on the street, you are showing the people around you what God is like. You are revealing and reflecting God's heart to others when you serve. But listen, serving not only impacts the lives of people around us, serving impacts our lives as well. And that's why the second reason I need to serve is that it gives meaning and purpose to my life. Serving gives meaning and purpose to my life. There is a deep desire within every human heart to find meaning and purpose in life. This is for everybody. We all intuitively know there must be more to this life than just living and dying and just the dash between the dates on our tombstone. We all know there there must be more. The Bible says God has placed eternity in the hearts of every human being. We all know there's got to be a bigger meaning and purpose. The problem is the world tells us that meaning and purpose is found within ourselves. Right? That it's all about me. I'm here for me. Get what I want out of life. Right? If you don't believe that, just look at the advertising all around us. You know, have it your way. You deserve a break today. Look at social media. Right? The whole algorithms and the way social media works is to give you the stuff that you want because it's all about you. Right? I mean, Facebook. You understand, Facebook is nothing more than a website dedicated to the glory of me. So I can let everybody know how awesome I am. The world says the meaning and purpose is found in me. The problem is, when you live that way, you may feel good in the short term, but I can promise you in the long term, it leaves you empty and hollow and broken. Listen, whoever you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, understand this. You were created for so much more than just looking good, feeling good, and having the goods. You were created for something bigger than yourself. Living life for you is much too small a goal to settle for because you were created for so much more. Pastor Rick Warren in his best-selling book, The Purpose Driven Life, What on Earth Am I Here For, opens that book with four powerful words. It's not about you. The meaning and purpose in life is not about you. But let me tell you something, Rick Warren didn't come up with that. That's God's idea. Look at Ephesians 2.10. It says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So that we can do the good things, the serving things that he planned for us long ago. You were created on purpose for a purpose and part of that purpose is serving others. That's why here at Cedar Creek we talk about being shaped to serve. That each one of us is a masterpiece, a one of a kind. And God shaped us to be who we are, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. In fact, next week, we're going to do a deep dive in this whole concept of shape. And learning your shape. I don't mean tall and and thin or wide. I don't talk about that. I'm talking about your personality. Your gifts. Your skills. Your abilities. Your experiences. Even the things you've been through. All of those things God wants to use for you to serve others. And listen, it's great to discover your shape to serve. But knowing it is not very helpful unless you are willing to put it into practice. And the cool thing is... When you find that sweet spot of where God's unique shape in you meets the deep needs of people around you, you will discover being used by God to serve others like that will give you a sense of fulfillment and purpose that you cannot find anywhere else because that's what you were created to do. The number three, the, the third reason why I need to serve is that it grows my relationship with Jesus. Serving grows my relationship with Jesus. See, we tend to get this backwards. We tend to think that good works, serving others, doing good things, is the route to a relationship with Jesus. Like if I do all these good things, then God will love me enough and he'll let me into his heaven. You know, I'll get the boxes checked. I'll be good enough to live forever with him. But understand this. Serving is not a route to a relationship with Jesus. Serving is the result of a relationship with Jesus that already exists. We serve not to earn God's love. We serve because we have been overwhelmed with God's love. And it just can't help but flow out of us that's why Jesus said these words in John 13 he says your love right love is serving love is a verb your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples you understand what he's saying Jesus is saying that serving is an outward expression of my inward relationship with Jesus You know, we talk about baptism here at Cedar Creek Church. Baptism is an outward symbol of an inward commitment we've made to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. Serving is a daily expression of how my love for Jesus looks. But what I've discovered in my life is this love for Jesus and serving because of that love These two things work together to feed and fuel one another. When I do one, it helps me do the other, and when I do the other, it helps me do the one. That's why the same Jesus who said, your love, your serving, will show that you really love me, also says these words one chapter later, John 14. He says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love them. And don't miss this, I will show myself to them. In other words, the more I love Jesus, the more I'm going to serve others. And the more I serve others, the more Jesus is going to reveal himself to me. The closer I'm going to truly be, the more intimate my relationship with Jesus is going to be. You want more Jesus? You want more of his peace, more of his power, more of his presence in your life? Then serve others because that's where you'll find Jesus most often. So let me ask you two questions. One, what does your current level of serving say about the depth of your love for Jesus? The way that you're serving others right now, what is that saying about how deep your relationship with Jesus really is? Second question, why are you serving? What is your motivation? Why are you doing it? Are you doing it out of obligation? Are you doing it based on what other people will think of you when they see you doing it? Are you trying to earn God's love? Or are you doing it because you have been overwhelmed by the love God has already shown you? Because in nearly 30 years of being a pastor, there's a couple of things I've learned about serving. One, if you serve for the affirmation of others, there will never be enough. You'll never get enough cheers. You'll never get enough words of encouragement. And if you serve out of obligation or duty because you feel like you have to, you won't stick around for very long. Because guilt and shame and duty and drudgery, they may be a strong motivator, but they're short-term motivators. We have to be motivated by how much Jesus has loved us. Because the more I focus on Jesus, the more I keep my eyes on Jesus, not just his love for me, but the sacrifice he made so that he could be with me the more I focus on that the more natural it becomes to serve others no matter who those others are and then finally number four the fourth reason why I need to serve on a very practical level is it's how the church is designed to work I need to serve because that's how God designed the church to work the church was never designed to be a large group of people putting money in a basket weekly so a small group of people could live out the mission and vision. The church has always been designed that all of us use our unique shape to work together, all hands on deck, to carry out the mission and vision that God has given us. In the New Testament, there's a church in the Greek city of Corinth. And this is an amazing church. They're growing. They're doing phenomenal things. And because of that, some of the people in the church decide that they want to serve, but they only want to serve in the spotlight. They want to be on stage. They want to be where they get recognition. They want to serve in a way that people see them. Nobody wants to serve behind the scenes. Nobody wants to to work in the back where nobody recognizes and nobody encourages you. And so into the middle of that, Paul in his first letter to the church at Corinth in chapter 12, he paints a word picture of how the church is to function. He uses the analogy of the human body. And he said, you're like a body, and the body has many different parts that do many different things. And while some may seem more important than others, all are equally important and all are needed. And any part that's missing is painful to the body as a whole. That every part needs to play its part for the body to function. And at the end of that great analogy, listen to what Paul says to the church because he's saying it to us right now this morning, verse 27. He's saying, all of you together, all of you are Christ's body. And each of you, not some of you, not the best among you, not the ones who have been here the longest, each of you is a part of it. Listen, if you call Cedar Creek Church your home, you're a part of this body. And the body needs you. You're not here by accident. You're not here as a spectator. God brought you here with your unique shape so that you could plug in and carry out his mission and vision in the community and the world around you. You know, we're so blessed at Cedar Creek Church we are incredibly blessed we have beautiful buildings in which after six months we can finally start to gather in we have amazing worship leaders and musicians and volunteers we have great music we have a great online service and online presence and every now and then we even get a half decent message but let me tell you something all of that is no good if people can't park when they arrive at a campus It means nothing if there's not somebody hosting an online service to encourage and connect and help people and answer questions. They can't be a part of it if nobody's there to serve and lead their kids. They can't be a part of it if nobody is willing to lead a home group or to host a home group meeting. If we don't all together step up and let God work through us in the shape he's given us, within the body he's placed us, we will not be an effective church for very long. So let me ask you this question. If everybody who calls Cedar Creek Church home served the way that you serve, how effective would this church be? How impactful would this church be if everybody served with the same commitment and passion and joy that you serve with. I'm not asking that question to beat you over the head. I've already told you guilt is not a proper motivation. I'm not trying to use that. I'm just offering you an opportunity to do what God created you to do and be a part of something bigger than yourself and discover the deep feeling of being on purpose in your life. You know, as we've moved from phase two into phase three these last two weeks, you understand that we are accomplishing not only our in-person services at our campuses, but we are continuing to do all the things that we've been doing online. We are running multiple services in multiple ways. And six months is a long time. And many of our faithful volunteers, many of them lost jobs as a result of the coronavirus. And they've had to move. It's been six months. They've moved to another town. They're at another church. Many of our in-person volunteers, because of where they are in their individual situation, are not ready to come back. And yet here we are back. And so there are so many needs on every campus. There is not a shortage of places we need people to step up. I know you show up, and it looks like a well-oiled machine, and it is, but let me tell you, there are people doing two, three, four jobs. Sunday in, Sunday out, service in, service out. We need all hands on deck. Maybe more now coming out of this pandemic than ever before. So I'm just asking you this. If you're not serving right now, Are you open to at least having a conversation? Are you willing to at least explore the possibility? If you are, let me ask you to do this. For those of you who are watching online, there's a link right now. Just click on that, fill it out, we'll get connected with you. You can serve without ever leaving your home. That's the cool thing about technology. There are all kinds of ways to serve even if you're not ready to come back. For those of you that are in person on our campus, you can use the tear-off card. If you've got the app on your phone, there's a notification right now on your phone that will connect you to that link where you can fill out a little bit of information and say, I'm interested in at least having a conversation about how I may be able to serve in the family that God has placed me in. I don't know what your next step is. I just know if we really truly want to love Jesus and follow him, then a part of that is being willing to serve others. Let me close with this last verse on your outline because I think it sums up what we're talking about. It's 1 Peter 2.9. It says, you are a chosen people. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a chosen people. More than that, you are a royal priest. together, As believers, you are a holy nation. You are God's very own possession. And because of that, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. You can show that. And Lord knows our world needs to see that. Why? Because he called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. And never before, Have the people around us had a greater need for the light and the hope of the message that we carry as Christ followers? And there's no better way to share that message than to serve others. Would you pray with me? I know every one of us here is in a different place and a different season And I know that we're all wrestling with time and we're all wrestling with our priorities. And I understand that. But I also know that where God opens doors, he gives us what we need to step through them. And so my prayer, Lord, for this amazing church family, For these people who have some of the greatest, most generous, most servant-hearted people I've ever been a part of, I know their desire. And so God, I'm praying today that you would break down walls and strongholds that are getting in the way of your people, doing what you have called them to do, to bring glory not to a church, but to your name, the name that is above every name. Lord, help us be a church that shines the light of your love in the way that we serve others. In Jesus' name, amen.